0: Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey. The Sag Harbor School District took what could be considered a radical step this school year, becoming the first district in Suffolk County to ban access to cell phones while school is in session. As reported on 27East.com in March 2023, The Sag Harbor School District invited Andrew Richards, a representative from the company Yonder, to offer a presentation about the product his company offers at a Board of Education meeting. Yonder sells a patented cell phone pouch that locks when it is closed. The magnetic lock can only be unlocked by a small handheld circular device similar to the mechanism used to remove security tags from clothing sold in retail stores. Companies like Yonder have popped up in recent years to meet a demand for restricting access to cell phones at concerts, private parties, and other events, as well as in schools and workplaces. Sag Harbor administrators, teachers, and parents expressed their support for the system, and it was implemented at the start of the current school year. Now, every day when they arrive, middle and high school students are required to place their phones in Yonder pouches and have the pouch locked under the guidance of staff to ensure that they don't find creative workarounds like slipping a stick of deodorant or a dummy phone into the pouch in lieu of their real phone, and then report back to a faculty member again at dismissal to have their pouches unlocked. Joe Bartolotto, who began his career as a high school art teacher in the San Clara School District in 1995, is one of many teachers in the school who say they've seen a night and day positive difference in the school day. The engineering firm overseeing the designs of the new Montauk Playhouse Swimming Pool and Aquatic Center has recommended that East Hampton Town and the Montauk Playhouse Community Center Foundation tackle both the Aquatic Center and the planned second-phase Community Cultural Center at the same time. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that bids the town and the project managers, Island Structures Engineering, opened in December, put the total cost of tackling both faces of the project at once at $13.93 million. The bulk of that cost is for the construction of the Aquatic Center, which will have two swimming pools, one 25-yard four-lane lap pool, and a smaller, shallower, recreational pool for the therapeutic classes and mothers with small babies, men's and women's changing areas, and locker rooms around the perimeter, and a lounge area in the vaulted entryway that will be open to both the first and second floors. East Hampton Town Councilman David Lee said that the bidding process went very smoothly and that we are confident that we'll be going ahead with these bids and see this project come to fruition. End quote. The Riverhead School District is celebrating Black History Month this evening, reaching out to involve more of the community as it highlights a message of equality and inclusiveness. Craig Schneider reports on Newsday.com that tonight's event, which runs from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Riverhead High School Auditorium, not only includes art, food, and performances by local students, but also dances by the youth and adult ministries of First Baptist Church in Riverhead. And the Butterfly Effect Project, a local nonprofit that works to empower girls, said Emily Sands, District Director of Special Programs and Community Outreach. She emphasized the celebration takes into account that 80% of Riverhead School District's parents speak Spanish and the desire to include more of them. Long Island renters face the worst housing cost burden anywhere in the state even worse than renters in New York City. Jonathan LaMantia reports on Newsday.com that more than half of the region's renters, 51.4%, are considered cost burdened, which the federal government defines as paying at least 30% of gross income toward housing costs, per a new report from New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli. That compares with 48.6% of New York City renters and 49.9% of renters in the Mid Hudson region, which includes Westchester County. This serves as a stark reminder of the need to relieve the housing cost burden for Long Islanders, said Pilar Moya Moncera, executive director of the Greenlawn based nonprofit Housing Help. Renters make up slightly less than one-fifth of Long Island households compared with two-thirds of New York City households. Around one-third of Long Island homeowners are considered cost-burdened by the federal standard, which includes mortgage payments, property taxes, insurance, and utilities. The report released yesterday showed that renters earning the least tend to be the most likely to face a cost burden. For too many New Yorkers, finding and keeping an adequate and affordable place to live has become more and more difficult than said. Rising costs are stretching household budgets and forcing trade-offs with other essentials like food and health care. The town of Southampton is seeking public input following a recent design study presentation before the Southampton Town Board by the firm Historical Concepts, focused on the downtown business district in Hampton Bays. Tom Gogola reports on 27East.com that the survey kicked off on February 12th and runs through February 29th and follows a slew of meetings held in January between town officials and historical concepts and various Hampton Bays organizations, including the Hampton Bays Civic Association, the Hampton Bay's Chamber of Commerce, and the Hampton Bay Citizens Advisory Committee. Residents are encouraged to take the Hampton Bay's Conceptual Design Survey at SouthhamptonTownNY.gov. After the Shinnecock Nation last week began clearing 10 acres of tribe-owned land on its Westwoods property in Hampton Bays off the northern side of Sunrise Highway as the first step in construction of a gas station and travel plaza, Questions continue to swirl about the details of the Economic Development Project and the degree of involvement it will entail from both the state of New York and the town of Southampton. Kaylin Riley reports on 27East.com that a primary curiosity is whether the tribe will seek to create entrances and exits from Sunrise Highway to the gas station, which Tribal Council Chairman Brian Polite said has a tentative opening date of spring 2020. Earlier this week, Polite said that the nation definitely wants to create access to the gas station from the highway, but the tribe will not forge ahead with construction on those access points without cooperation from the State Department of Transportation. So far, he said, there has been little or no dialogue between the tribe and the state DOT, but not for lack of trying on the tribe's end. It's been almost a year of getting support to ask the DOT to work with us on an off-ramp. We hired an engineering firm that's worked with the DOT, and knows the ins and outs of that and we've presented five different options including a Passover but it's fallen on deaf ears said Mr. Polite. Stephen Cazaneri is the public information officer for the Long Island region of the state DOT. He told 27East.com earlier this week that due to the agency's existing litigation with this nation, they have no comment yet. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.